Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Every team in America is kicking off this week their season. I want to hear Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Charles Barkley arguing about uh, who's the best player of all time. Let me hear a little of that, Michael. So if you had to rank the Lakers centers, it'd be... Kareem, Mead, and Wilkes. Okay. Oh, you're not Ben Wilt. Stop it. I got four. No, no, stop it. Stop it. Hey, stop it. Hey, stop it. You already getting petty. You already getting petty on the first night. You're not better than Will Chagler. You don't remember my ceremonies? Hey, hey. You're not better than Will Chamberlain. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop it. You already getting petty. No, no. Stop it, Petty White. Well worth hearing again. They're so exasperated. Yeah, no. How hilarious is that? Boy, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Petty White. <laughs> ah, uh, what does Charles make? I know he makes a gazillion dollars because he is the first person to come along on one of those sports shows and realize if we're taking this way too seriously. Yes. And he takes it less seriously, and he's like got the most d- d- dominating uh, viewership of anybody in the history of sports broadcasting and makes a gazillion dollars. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how much convention rules media. That nobody has the guts. Well, and again, it's from the owner's suite on down to just be unconventional. You have to have a rep and confidence like Charles, I guess, to do it. But, you know, the, the, David Letterman said it a thousand years ago. He said, uh, every entertainment executive wakes up uh, and their job is to have their job at the end of the day. Right. That's their real job. So there's the risk aversion. Just, you know, it's so, so clamped down and staid and boring and conventional. That's I just why you want gotta to love a guy like Chuck. I just want to throw it out there, and we've talked about it uh, several times today. But I think the most important thing that uh, that we've become aware of, and I, I got, if I had the ability to get it out to the world, I would love to, is this idea that there's a new methamphetamine out. There's a new meth that's been around for a while, and it's very possible that this whole explosion in homeless people, as they call them, which is an explosion of people that are drug addicts to the extent that they can't control their lives enough that they end up homeless. This whole thing is about this new meth. And, man, if I could get that into the ear of the federal government or every town in America or whatever, because I think the Atlantic is on to something, the Atlantic magazine, that this new Mm -hmm. meth is the whole deal. It's It's the whole fight. It's the whole fight. So everybody's going at it with these solutions. California is has uh, dedicated another, however many billions of dollars, twelve billion, right, to uh, to putting up the homeless people, and nobody's addressing the problem. There's a new meth on the street that ruins people's brains. Yeah, just a quote from the article. Um, and this uh, journalist, whose uh, name I'll share with you in a second or two, we have the article posted at ArmstrongandGetty.com. He writes, over the past year and a half, I've talked with meth addicts, counselors, and cops around the country. The people I spoke with told me stories nearly identical to this guy who he'd profiled earlier in the article. This P2P meth, it's just, it's chemically different because the cartels, and the Mexican drug cartels make all of it these days. 
they've they've had to change the formula because the unavailability of certain elements they use to cook up the meth. So it's they now use instead of ephedrine, they use this uh, chemical compound that's known as P2P. But this new P2P meth was quickly causing steep deterioration in mental health. The symptoms were always similar: violent paranoia, hallucinations, conspiracy theories, isolation, massive memory memory loss, jumbled speech. And methamphetamine is a neurotoxin. It damages the brain no matter how it's derived. But P2P meth seems to create a higher order of cerebral catastrophe, says one drug treatment center director in Kansas City. He said, I wouldn't even call it meth anymore. Schizophrenia and bipolar disorders are afflictions that begin in the young. Now people in their 30s and 40s with no prior history of mental illness seem to be going mad. What Um, was that term? About the brain going bad? That's a, that's one I cerebral, got to remember. Cerebral catastrophe. Yeah, that's something you want to avoid, avoid in your life. A cerebral catastrophe. Yeah, if you can. Well, it's not easy to say either. I, I, I really think this is the whole ball of wax. This is it. We've all been wondering, you know, what, what happened? How did we go from, you know, there's been homeless around various areas for a long time and always have, but what would the explosion of homelessness? And it never made sense to most of us normal people that it's because the rent went up. Or anything like that. We had the best economy, lowest unemployment we've ever had in our nation's history, and we had the most homeless people on the streets. It just didn't make sense to people. And and we all know that if we lost our jobs or ended up having to couch surf or something, we wouldn't start stealing kids' bikes or breaking into cars. And doing drugs all day long. Right. But but now we know. it's it's It causes a cerebral catastrophe, this new meth. And they, they should give it a new name that would be very helpful for the, for the conversation if they called it something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, the uh, the question, are they mentally ill or crazy? Or are they mentally ill because they've uh, done so many drugs? I'm sorry, mentally ill or a drug addict or, you know, what I'm, I'm driving at. I mean, this answers the question. Meth is the drug or this new meth of choice in the streets of America among the junkie populations. And that's why I always use the term bums and junkies instead of the homeless, because it is so obvious to everybody who works with them. These are seriously drug addicted people. And now we get the mental illness thing. Here's here's a couple more good quotes for you. L.A. Uh, cop named Dion Joseph told the uh, the off author um, by 2014, the new meth was everywhere. When that happened, quote, it seemed that people were losing their minds faster. They'd be okay when they were just using crack. Then in 2014, with meth, all of a sudden they became mentally ill. They deteriorated into mel- mental illness faster than I ever saw with uh, crack cocaine. Susan Partavi, physician for homeless people in L.A. since 03. Okay? She knows what she's talking about. She noticed increasing mental illness, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder at her clinics around the city uh, starting about 2012. She was soon astonished by how many severely mentally ill people were out there. Now, she says, quote, now almost everyone we see when we do homeless outreach on the streets is on meth. Meth may now be causing long-term psychosis similar to schizophrenia that lasts even after they're not using anymore. Well, I mean, there's so, more if you want it. Okay, so I was assuming that cerebral catastrophe meant permanently. It is. Okay. Well, is. So, so then the whole argument around rehabs is pointless. There's no rehab for your brain's broken. So let's just shut that down immediately now. That whole conversation, all those dollars, all the all the. Remember when we had the homeless people that uh, assaulted us? The guys now in prison. 
And the response from the police initially was, well, the sad part is we don't have more rehabs to get. No, if people have ruined their brain, if they have a cerebral catastrophe, rehabs aren't going to help anything. Now, what we're going to do with millions and millions of people who are permanently ruined by drugs, I don't know. But let's not talk about rehabs and let's not talk about, you know, uh, some sort of uh, uh, JUCO training to get them into the workforce. Well, I think you took the ball and you ran with it into the end zone through the stands and out into the parking lot because it's semi-permanent. There's a description of it. Symptoms can fade once the users purge the drug if they do not relapse. But while they were on this new meth, they grew antisocial, all but mute. I spoke with two recovering meth addicts who said they had to relearn how to speak. It took me a year and a half to recover from the brain damage it had done to me. I couldn't hardly form sentences. I couldn't laugh, smile. I couldn't think. So you're going to take the average drug addict on the street who's doing this new meth they don't want to quit anyway, but even if they do, the rare person that actually does want to quit, you have to retrain them how to speak. Right. That's right. quite a project for mankind. So why is P2P meth pronouncing or producing such pronounced symptoms of mental illness in so many people? No one knows for sure. One theory is that much of the meth contains residue of toxic chem- chemicals used in its production or other contaminants. Even traces of certain chemicals in a relatively pure drug might be devastating. Uh, that, combined with the drug's potency today, might accelerate the mental deterioration that ephedrine-based meth can also produce. Although, usually over a period of months or years, it would take you years of abusing the old meth to go crazy. Um, now it's weeks. That's just incredible. And they think meths and, uh, meth and opioids or other drugs might interact in a particularly toxic way, too. Um and then uh, the journalist writes, once your eyes are open to the scale and human consequences of the P2P meth epidemic, it's hard to miss its ramifications in many areas of public, American public life. Perhaps the most significant is homelessness. And they describe the just horrific state of Los Angeles' skid row. Uh, L.A.'s long been the nation's homeless capital. But as in many cities, large and small, the problem has worsened greatly in recent years. It's more than doubled from 2012 to 2020. Meth is the number one drug, and now it's the new meth. Uh, remarkably, and this is not only remarkable, it's sickening to us, and we've been trying to draw the attention of city leaders from uh, the city fathers of the, the, the San Francisco and the Bay Area and, and all over the West and all over America for a long time. Remarkably, he writes, meth rarely comes up in city discussions on homelessness or in newspaper articles about it. Uh, Mitchell, who was a, a counselor, uh, called it the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it, he said. There's a desire not to stigmatize the homeless as drug users. Even though they're psychotic and unemployable because they're meth users. Unbelievable. Well, this this has got to break through. This has got to be the big story America's talking about, don't you think? It certainly should be. It's the story of the week, if not the story of the month. Um, yeah, this, this answers so many questions, and it gives you an idea of what direction you need to point the billions of dollars people are spending. But uh, we're not approaching this the right way at all. We're completely off base, and now we know how. Yeah. Yeah, boy, this is boy, a something. couple of weeks of doing this stuff, and you can put your brain in that situation. That's scary. Yeah, it is. Holy cow! And you know, again, uh, San Francisco. You have uh, San Francisco. You have open drug bazaars running. 
You have it's it's like a street fair of meth. You can buy it on the street right in front of a cop, and it's it's just overlooked in San Francisco. And look at the enormous enormous damage it's doing. This is this is just crazy. And and the journalist writes, how could this crisis emerge so quietly and remain in many ways invisible to most most Americans? One reason, perhaps, national focus on the opioid epidemic. Well, that's part of it. And part of it is just the refusal of so much of the country to want to acknowledge that homeless people could be playing a role in their homelessness. Right. Right. That whole that whole uh, effort to, uh, you know, people people experiencing homelessness to, to take away any personal choice from ending up to being homeless. That that effort has been so successful that nobody even want to look at this as a possibility. Mm hmm. Yeah, yep. And uh, and he says, it must be said, the story of the meth epidemic, like the opioid epidemic before it, begins with supply. In the previous year, most Vietnam vets kicked heroin when they got home and were far from war and the potent supplies that were used in Southeast Asia. Today, supplies of meth are vast and cheap throughout most, most of the country. So those, those lax, progressive, anybody-can-do-anything uh, drug laws, which I know a lot of my libertarian friends are in favor of, but... We didn't know what we were dealing with. San Francisco needs to go crazy cracking down on the meth supply right now. We need to close the border. It's all well, coming from Mexican cartels. That's what I was about to say. You already told us from this Atlantic article that we're, that, that they're making it in Mexico, and we have more or less an open border mm-hmm. with this going on. How crazy is that? Yeah, yeah. I hope Peter Ducey or somebody is on this and, and is questioning uh, Jen Psaki today. Uh, maybe I'll send it to him. I'll tweet it at him or something. But uh, that's the answer, folks. We have the answer. Why so many bums and junkies in your town and every town? Because of this new meth. Why are they more aggressive and seem more crazy? Um, if you know anything about this, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. You see that some amateur diver discovered a like 900 year old sword just like found at like the bottom of the ocean or not wasn't even like bottom bottom because it was just like an amateur diver I guess and there were two things I was thinking one it's amazing that getting rid of murder weapons hasn't changed in 900 years <laughs> like even back then they were like throw it in the ocean also the other thing I was thinking was like to this person who found the sword congratulations and also what are you doing? Have you never watched movies? You don't bring back from the bottom of the ocean that's a sword. One or two things is going to happen. Either you're going to be leading people now, or there's a curse. A curse is going to happen to all of us in humanity. Yeah, we did the story about uh, the guy find a, found a 900-year-old sword from back in the Crusade days. And it looks just like, a, you know, straight out of a movie. Or a Monty Python flick. <laughs> well, it's it's covered with all sorts of uh, mollusks and, and clams or whatever grows on stuff in the ocean. But they're going to clean it off. I can't wait to see how it looks when it's, you know, not crusty. Uh, the, meth, the meth pandemic hasn't happened quietly, says this texture on the text line. Uh, I was filling up my gas tank five minutes ago and was harassed by a junkie and got yelled at when I told him to get away from my car window. 
I would gladly have our social programs converted to more prisons. Well, that kind of fits in with a couple of people that are in the law enforcement system that say something like this. I'm a criminal defense attorney. The only place a meth head cleans up is in county jail. And now the city no longer wants them arrested. Um, there's that view. And, uh, and this from a policeman. We could definitely start with some level of enforcement again on people under the influence of narcotics and possessing illegal narcotics. In my career, I saw countless people that were cleaned and rehabbed while incarcerated, and it saved their lives. Mm. And like you said earlier, I know the libertarian view is the war on drugs was a failure. There's a couple of people in the law enforcement uh, world and prosecution world that say they've seen people clean up by getting thrown in jail. I don't know what the right answer is, but whatever we're doing currently is not working. No, indeed. No, indeed. I uh, got this email from uh, Aileen Anonymous. I hear the police department deal with meth heads all day long on the scanner. I listen to a PD scanner. I hear 5150 people. I'm sure meth heads. A uh, nude man walks into a car dealership with a bucket of water, started taking a bath on the showroom floor. It's funny, but it's sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my goodness. Huh. Spread the word, everybody. The, the the Atlantic has figured it out. There's a new kind of meth out there. That's what the people are on. It makes you crazy in weeks, and that's how you end up homeless, and that's what's going on. Yeah. Turns out this author, Sam Quinones, uh, the, the article was adapted from his brand new book, um, The Least of Us, True Tales of America and Hope in the Time of Fentanyl and Meth. It appears next month. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I would have called stuff. it, and you and you thought new coke was bad. That's what I would have called it. Yeah. Uh, we also got uh, text from people who basically said, "Why would the homeless industrial complex that is profiting to the tune of billions of dollars want to figure out exactly what's going wrong?" There's got to be some of that too. There is a lot of money sloshing around, right? Like I said, there's going to be resistance to this because people are getting rich off of it. If you ever miss a chunk of the show, grab it via podcast. Armstrong and Getty on demand wherever you like to get podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Sorry, 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 sorry. Shut that uh, off. You guys just did that. We just did yeah. that. That's not what I wanted. What, what was the stuff about China uh, and the flying the we nuclear welcome missiles? welcome the competition <laughs> stuff. Yeah, where is that? Do we have that? Which one is was there, that? Is there a clip? Let's play the clip. Uh, that was we 52 and 53. consistent in our approach with China. Uh, we welcome stiff competition, but do we not? We don't do not want that competition to veer into conflict. When Jen Psaki says that we welcome competition, she makes it sound like we're talking about, you know, uh, iPhones or or rubber shower shoes or movies or something. This is China getting into hypersonic thermonuclear missiles. We should not be welcoming China to get us into a massive new arms race. It is a very weird signal to send, and it sends a bad signal when China is saber-rattling to say we're not taking it seriously, because that was a profoundly unserious thing to say. I say that was a profoundly unserious thing to say. What are we talking about? So we've been bringing you the news that China tested a hypersonic missile, apparently catching the Pentagon completely off guard that China was this far ahead of us, and it would appear now uh, 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 not only equal with us, but ahead of us in terms of this hypersonic missile technology. Um, I was watching Jake Tapper, who's been doing a good job on this in CNN yesterday. He had an expert on saying that these 
New hypersonic missiles that China and Russia has tested in recent weeks are virtually impossible for us to detect and shoot down. So they can send these missiles anywhere in the world, and we can't see them until they hit, and we certainly can't shoot them down even if we can catch them. Now, North Korea claims that they tested one of these yesterday. That hasn't been confirmed. They have a history of exaggerating. They also have a history of uh, turning out to be further along than we thought. But and focusing developing on chi- weapons as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah. Focusing on, you know, and who knows what China's deal is. China might be giving North Korea that technology because they know that would just be another distraction and problem for us. But um, Jen Psaki, spokesman for the White House, was asked yesterday about, so China's got these hypersonic missiles that we can't shoot down and they're even better than ours. Well, we welcome the competition with China is a weird answer. That's a weird answer. Yeah, I just think she's in in the position of standing up there and and explaining an incoherent administration. Well, I bad at care. That's right. I mean, she's not going to say that, so she tries to string together actual words. But what's she going to say? Well, you, why? I think you would clearly say something like, "The United States is committed, as it always has been, to lead the world in military technology, and we will meet any challenge they present." Trust me, something like that. I'm going to spend them into the ground like Reagan. As opposed to we China's welcome... China's got a hell of a lot more money than the Soviets. We welcome the competition? Yeah, it's a, that a was weird just a thing to say. I think, she, I think she was trying to harken back to the days when uh, China was a friendly competitor and not an avowed adversary. I don't... You know, come on, Jen. She's, she's up there faking it. Speaking of China... The uh, Federalist has a pretty good piece. LinkedIn's retreat from China is a warning to all Western businesses. LinkedIn bent over backward to follow Chinese law like we do in all of the countries we operate, blah, blah, blah. But then uh, LinkedIn, its parent company, Microsoft, said it would replace LinkedIn China with a job listing website without a social media element later this year. They just said it got too difficult to operate under uh, Chinese restrictions. Well, good. Um, I, I know I've mentioned the podcast China Unscripted many times on this show because they do such a good job of gathering the best thinkers on China for their podcast. But I was listening to one of them yesterday, and they're all in agreement. The only way we can take on this China problem is to stop funding them. You know how they paid for the research, the R&D on their hypersonic missile with Nike shoes and iPhones and LinkedIn and everything else, all the right. other money that we give them by the gazillions of dollars. Why are we funding the we're 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 uh, I was going to make a very clever uh, historical reference, but the why would Sparta fund Athens? There you go. Um, uh, what wh- this has never has this ever happened in world history where you're funding your primary opponent to make sure that they've got enough money to defeat you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that may still happen because every signal is that American corporations will not decouple from China unless it's, uh, well, unless what? I don't know what the what is. What would make them if they're still making money? Uh, it's an interesting article, though, about uh, Chinese intelligence agents all over LinkedIn, how China insisted that LinkedIn block uh, profiles of all sorts of people, journalists, academics, uh, the, the world leaders, the rest of it. And LinkedIn and they finally, finally said, we just can't do this. Wow. 
Yeah. And then uh, speaking of China and the Olympics, it's as we've been, uh, three activists protesting human rights abuses in China sneaked into the archaeological site in ancient Olympia, where the flame lighting ceremony for the 2012 Beijing Winter Olympics was held uh, Monday and ran toward the newly lit torch holding a Tibetan flag and a banner reading no genocide games. I hope that's a sign of what's to come. But still, with the Olympics now, they're in January, so we're just two months and change away, and there's still been no announcement from the current administration that we're going to boycott. No, we're not. I'm sure we're not. Um, it, the irony here is uh, horrific and and just overwhelming. So these protesters are running around with a uh, banner protesting a genocidal totalitarian regime and in Greece, which is arguably, you know, nominally a free country, they were thrown to the ground and held by police. So, anybody unhappy about celebrating, about glorifying, perhaps the most evil regime ever seen on Earth, will be detained and jailed in free countries for pointing out the ridiculousness of it. And I get it. All right, they're running around. They're running at the flame or whatever. Nobody knew what they were going to do, if they're going to shoot somebody or whatever. But I just, I don't know. It's just, it's obscene. It's obscene. In his speech in the ancient stadium of Olympia, uh, where in antiquity male athletes competed naked during a special truce among the often warring cities. Do you think that would help viewership or hurt it? Or the athletes were naked? Depends. Athlete by athlete. You know? Yeah, no kidding. Because I don't, I don't need to see a bunch of bounce and wang when I turn on the Olympics. But uh, the the ladies might like it. I don't know. Well, yeah, but you know, when it's at parade rest, I mean, there's just there's no use. There's who wants that? Who needs it? Nobody who wants. Who wants to see it? Nobody. Right. I don't. He was riding dirty. Well, IOC President Thomas Bach, who's almost certainly a mobster, stressed that the modern games must be, quote, respected as politically neutral ground. Only this political neutrality ensures that the Olympic Games can stand above and beyond the political differences that exist in our times and make everybody on the Olympic Committee and their sponsors crazy, crazy rich. Well, he didn't put that part in. I did, but... The Olympic Games cannot address all the challenges in the world, but they set an example for the world where everyone respects the same rules and one another. Do you buy that? Is Ty- is Taiwan going to march into uh, the the Olympics in China with their stupid, were the vassal state of China flag that they had for the last Olympics? Well, okay, in the Olympics, everyone respects the same rules except for Taiwan. Are all the countries, which would be pretty much every country, just going to pretend that China doesn't steal all their research and development by hacking into their systems and and ignoring all the WTO guidelines and violating rule after rule and norm after norm? We're just all going to pretend that, I guess. Well, and there's the slaves. And as Tim Sandifer has pointed out, the reason he really hates the Olympics is you got uh, regimes like China. They pluck little kids at age two. Give them tests about their physical ability and that sort of thing, then take them away from the family, turn them into child soldiers of uh, of the Olympics, and and they they ruin their lives. Turn them into Olympic drones. It's not some kid who just really really loved ice skating and worked so hard at it. Now he's a champion. No, it's 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 yet another expression of the totalitarian uh, regime. Um, one more thing I'll mention about the whole Taiwan situation, which I know I bring up a lot, but one of these days China is going to move on Taiwan and it's going to be the biggest decision the United States perhaps has ever had to make or Western, the Western world in general, or whether or not they put up with that or not. But, 
Uh, I had been wondering, does the population in the United States, would they be willing to go to war to see soldiers die to protect Taiwan? I think currently no, because it hasn't been explained to America why it would be important. But I was listening to this military expert from Australia, and they're in China's backyard, and he said the population of Australia wouldn't currently support defending Taiwan. So if the people of Australia don't see it as strategically necessary yet, then of course the United States doesn't. So there, there needs to be some real educating done. Um, if uh, if America or Europe or NATO uh, is going to stand up to China over Taiwan, they, we, you need to explain to people now why it's a worthwhile venture. Well, I would suggest you uh, read, I believe it's the opening uh book of the trilogy of uh, Winston Churchill's autobiography, The Gathering Storm, where it describes him desperately trying to communicate to the British government and, and European leadership that Hitler is going to keep moving. He's going to keep expanding. He is going to overrun us. You need to wake up now and deal with Michael, you know better than that. I thought that was a good use of the Hitler bell. No, that was an utterly out-of-bounds use of the Hitler bell. The Hitler bell exists for gratuitous uses of Hitler to, you know, make a point or compare somebody to Hitler, not specific citations of historic realities. I thought that one was borderline. (laughs) So if I say the leader of Germany in the late 30s was Adolf Hitler, you don't think the bell should ring? Absolutely (laughs) not. No. But if I say Nancy Pelosi's like Hitler, right, then, then you've the got to unleash the bell. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly. But uh, listen, the China thing is going to go just like the Nazi Germany thing did. People will uh, will attempt to mollify them. They'll uh, declare peace in our time. They will beg. They will plead. And only when the situation is desperate and horrific will uh, will the Western world respond. I, I would bet to my bottom dollar on that. Wow. Well, I think we might live long enough to see uh, see how it plays out. I think it's going to be in the next couple of years. At least that's what uh, our military analyst has said. Uh, Although the vid is ripping through China again. Maybe they all die of that. There you go. And then never mind. Um, We'll finish strong. That's what we do here. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Nothing screams cheap Chinese crap like a misspelling. So somebody uh, screen captured something from our website where we're selling all our gear, including the very popular Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. Flying off the shelves. But when you're looking at the sizes, small, medium, large, XL, 2XL, I love it when it gives you the actual size of the shirt. That, does that do you any good? I see that all the time on stuff where it says, uh, a medium in our size is 43 inches. I don't have any idea what my measurements are. Do you? I don't know these yeah, things. I, I, I know where we have a tape measure, so I'll go ahead and measure. Really? If okay. I'm buying something Aren't like you that, fancy? Yeah. Well. You measure yourself for a t-shirt. Well, anyway, it says here, length, L-E-N-G-H-T. <laughs> the length hit in inches. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. Then what are you going to do? Huh? Uh, it's fine. You want American-made products as far as exactly. you know. Exactly. 
Exactly. Don't complain. Let's go, huh? Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. If you want a T-shirt that says "Let's go, Brandon," and you want a particular link, it, uh, you can get it at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Let's go, Brandon. I sure, realized, we're going to ask pressure. Realized uh, last night that uh, "Let's go, Brandon." The initials are LGB. Let's go, Brandon. Till quiet. LGBTQ. Come on. Let's go, Brandon. GT LBT how about LGBTQ two plus but how about your width so the width it is for a medium is 20 inches <laughs> I, don't, I don't know my 24 width. inches do you know your width <laughs> no I, need, I know like my chest measurement to, to buy a, a sport coat or something like that but no I don't know my width <laughs> sleeve length what am I a table over here do you want eight or eight and three quarters for your sleeve length know, whatever works I don't know sun's out guns out give me the short ones <laughs> You know what I hate to see, though, is men's shorts are getting shorter again. Yeah. It's the inevitable. Now, the good news is low-rise jeans are back for the gals. Way better look than the high-waisted mom jeans. Boy, not in the college town I'm in. Wait for it. I'm I'm a fashion leader, Jack. I'm not a follower. Uh, but the bad news is, yeah, men's like golf shorts. Now they're trying to go shorter. So you got to, yeah, yeah. you know, buy new ones. Yeah, I see the cool dudes on the college campus in my town are wearing the sh- 80s shorts. So, yeah. Not happening here. Nope. Old man. I get to dress like an old man. It's one of the privileges of the position. And apparently it must. Maybe it's the economy. Having a full shirt for young women is just impossible. You can only have part of your shirt. Donate money to buy the bottom halves of shirts for (laughs) college girls who need full shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. Um, I know I recognize the name Margaret Atwood. She's the one who wrote those uh, dystopian handmade tale books. And we were told during the Trump administration that that was what was coming. And that's why the TV show Netflix series Handmaid's Tale was getting so many awards. Mostly because, oh, my God, it's so chilling to think about Trump because he wants to send us there and all the crap around that. Well, anyway, uh, so she's, you know, uh, was a hero to the left and people would cheer like crazy whenever she got awards. Well, she tweeted yesterday that. She doesn't understand this whole person with a vagina or person who menstruates things. Whatever happened to just saying woman? Whoa-oh! And the internet exploded with people on the left attacking her for being a hater and stigmatizing trans people. And she is just like J.K. Rowling's who said similar things. Uh, She's now facing accusations of being a TERF, which is a pejorative term invented by trans activists that stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Because if you believe there should be a term woman, of course, you have to be trans-exclusionary, don't you? And you have to hate. And you're a transphobe. You're transphobic. You're terrified. You're irrational. Because you think there's such a thing as women. Atwood has been receiving vicious social media blowback from her fans, according to NPR. All right. Whatever. It's so like, you know, Trotsky's the hero of the revolution. Then all of a sudden he's out. He's a counter-revolutionary and he's up against the wall. Yeah, Yeah, a nice nice pick pick in the eye. Exactly. (laughs) Whatever it was. Fire thoughts! (laughs) With your hosts, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. That's my favorite one. And wow. it's just the right link hit. Uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, our technical director, pressing the buttons, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. Yeah, true story. I was putting a table together, and it was made in China. It was missing a leg, 
had incorrect diagrams and no customer service. But other than that, it was a great product. There you go. Who are you going to complain to? That's right. Fabulous. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer, producing away. Alex, a final thought? Yeah, the NBA tipped off last night. My beloved Sacramento Kings tip off tonight. Marvin Bagley's agent put out a thing slamming Sacramento for not playing him. My statement, so long, good riddance, we don't need you. Yeah. It's the worst team in the league. They need something. Jack, a final thought? That Atlantic article that we quoted from multiple times today has the story of maybe the year. Why are there so many homeless people? There's a new kind of meth out there that is ruining people's brains. It's coming across the border. So we have multiple problems going on here at once, but we finally know why we have so many homeless. Let's all recognize that. Yep. Yep. It's junkies whose minds have been ruined by this chemically new meth. It's been around for a few years, but now it's the dominant form and it ruins your mind in weeks and causes severe mental illness. That's why we have so many bums and junkies. It's not high rent. It's not income inequality. It's not systemic racism. It's this meth, and it's got to be stopped. My final thought, good news from the Chinese Olympic Committee. They said we can and will deliver a streamlined, safe, and splendid Olympic Games to the world. Oh, fantastic. Honey, you want to watch the Olympics? It's splendid. That's just awesome. So you don't know your width. Haven't measured your width? It's, it's uh, like a couple of feet. I don't know. What and a half? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. My thickness is the problem. Uh, so many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you miss part of the show, you can get Armstrong and Getty on demand. That's the, the show via podcast. Or Armstrong and Getty's One More Thing or extra-large interviews. Uh, swag, T-shirts, sports bras, uh, d- d- boxer briefs, the Let's Go Brandon T-shirts. They're all at armstrongandgetty.com. I encourage you to follow us on the Twitter because we often comment anyway. See you next time. God bless America. Point of personal privilege. I'm just saying. You are being a grumpy pants. Get out of here, you moron. Take your turtleneck and get. Now, I know you guys are having fun playing your game, but damn it. Put the duck back. Halfsies on that. (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you. Your name will always be synonymous. With the void we created. Ain't that a bache? Uh-huh. Screw it, I'm leaving. Go away! Armstrong and Getty.